Listen to this podcast right now. Do you want to hear a fucking podcast about anything and everything? Yeah. Like movies, oh my music, God. television, and more? Oh my God. Well, you've come to the right place. Yes. Subscribe to Journey into Comics Network, and you get Podcastrophe, oh hosted God. by me, yes. Dick. Why not throw a couple bucks to the Patreon? It's your yes. choice. Yeah. This is a Podcastrophe. That sounds so awesome. The following, following. The following. Is a journey into comics. 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 Network. 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 Production. Production. To a nicer guy, it couldn't happen. I'm the man of the hour. The man with the power. Diamonds are forever. He put hard times on Dusty Rhodes and his family. And what you gonna do, Andre? History beckons the Macho Man. Yeah. The best there is. The best of all, Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass. Do I have everybody's attention now? What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to Journey into Wrestling. It's season four, episode one. I am your host, Nate. I want to thank you guys so much for coming back and joining us for a brand new season of the show. And while it is a brand new season, a lot has changed. And I mean, it's a total, and I'm going to use this word not loosely, paradigm shift here as we have a brand new co-host joining me on the show for the first time ever, I do believe. Welcome to Journey into Wrestling, the one, the only, Alex Buckles. How's it going? I've been waiting a long time to say this, but what's up, Marks? Doing all right, man. Hey, Doing good. yeah. Do fantastic. So a little bit of a backstory. Um, you know, Brandon left in the middle of season three, I think it was, and I'd finished that season off. So here we are. It's season four. It's a fresh thing. I found you. You are maybe one of the most fun people I podcast with. We don't officially, until now, have a show together. That's right. And that's the cool thing. Now we officially have this show together. And one thing I want to say that I really appreciate about you bringing to the table is we're not going to be, it's not like the old show, man. We're not going to be hyper focused on WWE's product with a little peppered in of the other stuff. It's probably going to be a nice balance. I'm kind of hoping so. It's like one of the best things about wrestling right now is there's so much content going on. Uh, we're actually walking up on like it, the... There's almost too much. Yes. <laughs> Especially there's some news coming out today that it's, there, it's official. You can, Starting next week, you'll be able to watch pretty much a network or major network wrestling episode of some brand every night. I've never heard of that before. You sent me... You sent me that rundown earlier this That's morning, right. and it blew me away. I'm going to actually read it real quick, and then we're going to kind of backpedal and sure. talk about you a little bit, because I want, I want the audience to definitely get to know what you have to offer to our show here. So you had sent me this thing that AXS, Access, I think, is going to be showing impact on Tuesday nights going forward. So now that means Monday night we have Raw. Tuesday night we'll have 205 Live and Impact. Wednesday we'll have AEW NXT and NXT UK on the network. Thursday they'll reshow NXT on the network. So you'll, depending on how you're viewing that, whether you're watching the syndication or you happen to watch through having the network, will be up to you. Friday SmackDown is officially moving to Friday nights again, 
Uh, Saturday, New Japan and WoW on AXS, and Sunday is obviously the WWE pay-per-views once a month, and we don't know when we'll have pay-per-views for those other uh, brands. Right. No depending. It's a, it's just a I feel wild. like we have a busy year ahead of us. Yeah. It's uh, you kind of dis- the slow descent into madness, and uh, uh, depending on how you look at it, into masochism of the wrestling fan. But uh, and that's not even taking into account all the other stuff that you can get. There's so many streaming services now. So many help. New Japan's got New Japan World. You've got uh, Powerbomb TV, Independent Wrestling TV, all the crazy stuff. Honor Club. Honor Club. Uh, Demand Progress. I'm. Yeah. Is GWN still a thing? I don't think so. The Global Wrestling that Network? That was pretty much an impact. Or, no, no, I think they aren't. Uh, they're pretty much streaming on Twitch at the moment. I'm not sure if they've still got their library up. They're in such a constant state of flux, you never know with impact. They're the uh, the promotion that wouldn't die. Yeah, they're... They won't die, and I, I kind of think that's a cool thing. But uh, before... We dive into the promotion that won't die because that's like a literal. <laughs> we rip that bandaid open, and we might spend the whole episode just talking Very about true. Impact Wrestling and the woes of TNA. I need to know your backstory. Why are you a wrestling fan? What does it for you? What is your? Are you ready for it? Journey into oh, wrestling. That's so beautiful. There. Um, honestly, I kind of it's a tale of two stories for me. Um, I got into wrestling as a kid. Um, Actually, just like a lot of people right back in the Attitude Era, I can still, you know, very vividly, you can't remember a better night to start watching. The very first episode of Raw I ever saw was the Beer Bath episode. Very first episode. Amazing. Yep. So, like, hooked, hooked from there on. Um, still have memories of the Beer Bath. The, uh, I have this, like, sick memory of Big Show pulling down the Titan Tron and being just amazed by it. Um, yes, that was an amazing moment. Absolutely. And like just being hooked on it for years and years. I had the very first, uh, I taught my family to buy the invasion pay-per-view, which was you know, on one hand terrible, but amazing at the same time. I'm going over to a friend's house and watching Dude, uh, WrestleMania is everything. The invasion was my first pay-per-view experience at a friend's house. <laughs> So it is crazy. That is also the start of your journey. And here's the wild thing. I don't know how it was for you and where you were exactly in in the geographical location of the world. But at least for us, when Invasion was happening, dude, we were under a tornado warning. We almost got hit by a tornado. I watched my friend's flagpole that was steel. and And literally, it was embedded in cement. This steel embedded in cement pole bent in fucking half in front of our eyes. It was the most... Insane thing I've ever seen wind do. I was just like, we're going to die. Oh, my God, this is bad. I just remember my memory of the, getting the invasion. Because I'd seen uh, a couple of WrestleManias over at my friend's house, but I taught my family into buying an invasion. So I'm sitting there watching it with my stepdad and my mom, my younger brother. And for the first time, like my, first, my parents had never really seen much of it before. And this is prime attitude era. So there's not a whole, there's a lot of scantily clad female bodies, and my mother's just like I keep looking over to the side like what am I doing here? What are we doing? Where are we going with this? But yeah. didn't the tag team of quote TNA have a match at Invasion? Didn't Test and Albert go up against some other tag team like Chaos or something? Oh, I can't remember. I know most of that. It would have been if they had a tag team match. It would have been against somebody from WCW. 
And I don't know that they had. Yeah. I can't remember if they had any major tag teams that came over right away. Uh, wasn't it? Oh, Brian, was it Brian Adams and or the Adam Bomb or fuck? I can't, I can't think either. of his yeah. name. Uh, they were <coughs> stocky little dudes. I'd have to look up. I'd have to look at the card, honestly. Um. Well, I'm gonna do just that while you're you continue fine. speaking. Um, so, like, I'd watched all that, and I was really into it into the Attitude Era, and. When I got out of high school, um, or got out in, almost into like, yeah, teenage years, whatever, I kind of got out of it. Um, I don't know really what stopped me so much. I think I got out right before uh, I remember seeing this first match, the Kurt Angle match, and then I had just I disconnected with it for a while, for about three or four years. I missed a good part of like the early ruthless aggression stuff. And uh, I can remember keeping track of it to the extent where I would check out a website every now and then just to look at the rosters, see who was still around, any new gimmicks, stuff like that. Uh, I worked at a Spencer's and we sold a lot of wrestling gear. And Oh, totally. And then uh, mm-hmm. I want to say probably about 20, 2011 or 2012, maybe a little earlier than that, um, gal I was dating at the time, uh, her family, as odd as it sounds, knew Eugene. He's from Southern Indiana. That's amazing. Yeah, she knew uh, her family had uh, known him as Nick Densmore, and uh, so I got you know just into a couple conversations with her about wrestling this and that. And she'd met a few of them backstage, you know, hanging out with them at a show, and got to talking about uh, her favorite was CM Punk. So I started reading a little bit about it, getting I kind of following a little bit more of it, and what really started hooking me was getting into uh, message boards. Um, like uh, cage side seats, things like that, and getting to learn more of the backstage stuff, and like actually diving into the booking and what made wrestling different. Not just watching the shows and absorbing it like that, but actually following the behind the scenes type stuff. And that just sucked me right back in. And all of a sudden, I'm watching the early like FCW stuff. I'm wanting to see who's the, who's coming up. I'm looking at, you know, why are they doing storylines? You know, what are they? who's got heat here, what's going on. And I got sucked so far into the dirt sheet end of it. I've just never come back. I love it. And, uh, amazing. Yeah. I honestly, uh, I got into FCW right as it was turning into NXT when you could only watch it on Hulu. And awesome. One of the biggest things I will always kick myself for, um, that same guy was going to get me tickets to go see survivor series in Indy. And we had to pass up on it. Do you remember what happened at Survivor Series in Indy that year? Oh, I think that was okay. Survivor Series Indy in 2012. I'll tell you what the main event was. You tell me what happened. Okay, sure. The main event was CM Punk versus Ryback. Debut Debut of the Shield. Shield. That's right. Debut of the Shield. It was Hell in the Cell, right? Uh, Yeah. There was was a stipulation. There was like TLC or something? I I was Survivor Series, but I don't remember what the stipulation itself was. I know it was the... Or maybe they had a Hell in the Cell, and and then the Shield interfered again. I think, if I remember right, uh, they debuted at Survivor Series. Their very first match as a team was at TLC. That's right. Which was an amazing match, too. It was a... Team Hell No and Ryback versus The Shield, and a hell of a match. So I have a funny early Shield story that kind of ties into that love of, and and let, and we're going to definitely talk about that too because I want to know what live events you've been to and what you've actually gotcha. witnessed. 
uh, honestly, one of the coolest things I ever got to witness was I had bought me and my buddy uh, uh tickets to go see smackdown mm-hmm. live during christmas time when it was just it wasn't actually like the show smackdown it was just like a live house, show, right? yeah. house show so it's middle of fucking winter it's like december fucking 29th or something it's like a couple days after christmas and we go to the all-state arena it's fucking cold as balls we stand in the line we freeze our nuts off like even though we're fully layered and whatnot we finally get in we get our seats and whatnot we're hanging out and they tease that the shield is coming and they're like, they may or may not be here tonight. And we're like, okay, cool. So I'm like on my phone, like what the fuck's going on with the shield, you know? And I find out that in Minnesota raw is having a live event. So check this shit out. The shield versus team. Hell no has a match to kick off the raw live event in Minnesota. They hop on a plane Fly to Chicago. I read about this. Yeah. And then they fucking close the show in Chicago. Team Hell No with Big Show versus The Shield. I do remember reading about that. It was fucking nuts, dude. It was crazy. Like, I would have... Just to to be there for that. I would have loved it. It was awesome. Um, So I got to know. What live events have you been to, if any? Um, I mean, it is kind of a privilege to get to go to stuff like that. I've only been to a couple, actually. The only WWE events I've been to are both uh, NXT house shows. Um, Jealous AF. uh, We were... (laughs) The last one I got to go to uh, last year was right... uh, Not too long after uh, Undisputed Era had debuted. So uh, it was uh, Pat McAfee interfering with Adam Cole for the first time. And I was about maybe ten yard nice. ten yards from the ring. We were in great seats. Um, actually, the very first main event I got to sit in was uh, Baron Corbin, Sami Zayn, and Samoa Joe, and just an wow. unreal match. <clears throat> but like, oh yeah, I'll send you, I'll send you some pictures sometime. I still have some of the still shots from this last one. Like, um, it's at uh, over at the uh, Egyptian Room, Mara Center in Indy, which is a great venue to see anything. And real intimate, real small venue, so there aren't any bad seats in that building. And you're cl- you're always in a good spot. I, I was probably twenty feet from the ring, and like fuck yeah. The main event for that second show was uh, Gargano and Almas, and actually went out into oh my the, actually God. went out into the crowd. It was right after, excuse me, right before uh, Takeover Philly, so right before they had that five star match. So like the height of everything, unreal. They were working themselves into that five-star um, match at your show, and you got to see them work some I'm magic. I'm trying to remember. I saw that last show was uh, Lars Sullivan and uh, the still-then uh, Donovan Dijak, who I'm a huge fan of. Um, they had uh, Alexa Bliss and uh, – no, excuse me, uh, Asuka and uh, Shayna Baszler. And uh, – Alistair Black and Adam Cole in a match. Amazing. Yes. Oh shit. I I, I So yeah. those are just win, win, win. Honestly, the one thing that struck me, uh, that last show, even well, the first show I saw with uh, Corbin and then the second show seeing Dijak, you've met me, I'm about six one, six two. What people yeah. don't realize is I'm the shortest guy in my family. My brother's six seven, my dad's six eight. Whoa. So it didn't really hit home to me how big some of these wrestlers are until seeing Dijak, who is my dad's height, 
doing backflips and doing moonsaults. I'm going, oh my good God, I've never seen human beings this size do that. Like, I, I look at my dad, I'm like, you can't do that. There's no way in hell you're going to do that. Not even in your no, prime, man. I know. Um, I've seen a couple smaller shows. Uh, actually, uh, had a fun experience uh, summer of last year. A really small, I can't even tell you the name of the Fed. It's just this little, like, luchador thing. Came to the uh, Lafayette, Lafayette Fairgrounds and uh, had uh, Mil Mortes from uh, Lucha Underground at the time. Actually, I had a chat with him. I've got a, a mask of his. Um, and uh, Sweet. Juventud Guerrera main eventing that one. Complete with a uh, ref botch, a uh, botched pin, and uh, I think it was T-Ray Uno walking out of the match. <laughs> Because they screwed up. Damn. So it just absolute oh, botch mania in a sweltering barn. <laughs> oh, Jesus. So not a whole lot of experience with like actual shows. I'm hoping and praying to get to go see AEW uh, sometime in November, either in Chicago or in Indy. But Yeah, they're they're coming around for sure. And tickets are reasonable. Like in the indie show, it's like only ninety bucks for ringside. The rumor I had heard recently, uh, they went on sale on Friday last week for Indy. And supposedly they were only uh-huh. selling tickets on the hard camp side. And that hadn't sold out yet. The idea being that they were going to sell all the hard camp stuff so everything looks good on TV, then start selling the other tickets. So I'm kind of hoping... Oh, look at you having some behind the scenes. Uh, nice. i gotta, I got to give that one to a friend of ours, a guy I work with, that uh, did buy tickets for it. So I had to. Uh, I got I to gotta give him the props on that one. Um, he actually, I'm hoping I can get tickets to Chicago through him. Uh, actually, our buddy Dave Linder might be going as well. Ooh, nice. Um, but yeah, it's, I'm hoping to get to go see AW again. I cannot recommend NXT enough if you get to see it. Um, I'd rather go to a more intimate, like small show than a huge stadium show myself for concerts or wrestling. So I'd rather go see NXT and be 20 feet from the ring than be in the nosebleeds for SmackDown. But that's just Absolutely. that's just my taste, though. <clears throat> yeah, man, uh, it's weird. I've been to only one like live event that was filmed that was like a pay per view event. I went to Judgment Day two thousand nine. Um, it was like Jeff Hardy, Randy Orton for the WWE oh, title at the time. Orton at his peak too. Yeah, and it was like uh, CM Punk had Money in the Bank for the first time. He faces Umaga to start the oh, card. Everyone, nice. everyone expected him to cash in that night in Chicago, and it did not happen. It was fucking annoying. Uh, Ric Flair had a run-in in the Batista match. <laughs> like, it, dude, it was everything and more. It was super cool. Um, I also got to go to a live show where, because John Cena canceled... They put Jericho Michaels as the main event Holy match, shit. and Michaels was not scheduled, so it's WrestleMania 19 rematch all over, and oh that my is, God. without question, my all-time favorite match, and dude, they tore the fucking house down. It was so oh, good. Wow. It was so good. Dude, it, Michaels is amazing. He, he had the match in uh, Saudi Arabia this year. Dude still got it. Like, he's he's he not does. missed a step. He's missing a few, you know, hair. But he's not missed a step at all. It's it's unreal. You're absolutely right. He his Hulk Hogan gimmick is getting more real by the day. God, please no, brother, brother. Don't forget the obligatory Bail. dude, Jack. 
Oh, God. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. They're hyping him up to be on... Okay, uh, so... I, I can't even think about it. They're hyping him up. I, have a, I, I do have a... I do have a little side question that's going to go along with all this. If you had, like, a top five or a Mount Rushmore or a fucking, I don't know, Ten Commandments of Wrestling, your best, however you want to call it, like, who is quintessential wrestling to you? And that, and, and that's not – I'm not trying to no, put you on the spot good. and try to say, you're like, I want, I want you more to tell me, like – Personally, what what wrestlers you've fallen in love with through your life? I, I mean, would, they're definitely ones that stand out for me. To to me, I I value a lot of work rate, but I also like a good storyteller, somebody who can actually, without even if you don't have to use promos to get through it, but somebody who can tell a good story in and out of the ring. And if you are a good worker, so much the better. Not always required. Um, I am a huge fan of Kevin Steen, Kevin Owens. Um, awesome. I am a huge fan, obviously, of CM Punk, just because he is one of the most transcendent personalities you've seen. Um, I love me some old school uh, Iron Sheik. Um, Undertaker. It sounds cliche, but the dude can is legitimately one of the best of all time. No matter what you look at, like what criteria you look at. Um. It's cliche to say Austin and The Rock, but they're they're up there for that reason. Um, I was never big on Hogan. I've always preferred Savage to Hogan, and really, almost Piper to both of them. Awesome. Um, beyond that, I mean, I've got guys that I really enjoy now. As far as like of all time. I think in the future you can probably say Bray Wyatt will be on that, should be on that. Oh. I I have a deep and abiding love in my heart for John Moxley. Um, and as sad as it sounds, because that right now is the wrestler on everybody's lips, and it's trendy to say him now, but I've been a fan of him since CTW. Um, yeah. It's really weird. I can remember, <clears throat> and, and this is going to go way back, and I'm sure you're going to be like, yes. I also remember because this was right before he came in. So CZW was happening, but then he, he left CZW, and I think it was what, FCW that he got signed FCW to? FCW was NXT before NXT. It was their, uh, yeah, it was their developmental, basically. So when he was there, and this is, of course, where he meets Tyler Black mm. and Roman Reigns, and then that and that's where everything starts brewing there or whatever, but like... He did a promo before WrestleMania 29 or something or 28 where he like fucking got Nick in Mick Foley's, Foley's yes. face and tried to war with that him. Was how they were going to bring him and up. And I was yeah. like, "Who the fuck is this guy?" I'm like, "Who the fuck is he?" Um, this is awesome. They were going to bring him up with that actually. It was a uh, it predated the Shield. They were that was how they were going to call him up solo. Uh, because they'd been so happy with him on FCW. And I don't remember what got it torpedoed um, cuz Foley was 100% behind it. Um, I can't. Oh, you know what? I think Mick just to uh, yeah. told this story online or uh, in a in a like yeah. a, inside the ropes or something. And he, what was it? He said like, "Hey, man, you can do anything you want. Just don't bring up my family." I think that may have been it. Yeah, that's and, exactly what he went and, with. And, and and Dean Ambrose thought that was code for go hard at my family, 
So he went harder, and Mick is like, no, seriously, you have to fucking knock it off. Like, stop, man. And he was like, oh, cool. I'll go even (laughs) harder than that, you know? And then they finally fucking just kibosh the whole thing. The shield gets brought into the equation, and and the rest is history. I still love Uh, love the fact that uh, when they pitched the original shield idea, they wanted Cassius Ono as that Roman Reigns spot. It would have been a different vibe, oh, man. Oh, yeah. Honestly. It absolutely would have, but... I don't know if I can see... And, I, of course, I say this now, but... I, Cassius Ono is a bad guy in in this company. I just... Right. I don't see them buying into it because he's too pretty boy, if that makes any sense. For, yeah. You know. I think it would have been good at the time. I don't know about so much now, but uh, I'll tell yeah, you... Absolutely. I'll tell you what, if you want something really cool with uh, with Ambrose slash Moxley, that same time frame, before they called him up from FCW, he ran an entire feud with William Regal on FCW. That is fantastic. Ooh. Yeah. Actually, what got me into uh, his matches, well, actually brought me into him and uh, Rollins originally, uh, on FCW, instead of having belts, they had a Iron Man like, medal. They had a 30-minute challenge medal, essentially. And... He and uh, and Rollins had a series of matches. I think they went to a stalemate twice, and then had a just legendary, just great thirty-minute Iron Man match between the two of them. And uh, Ambrose went out of that and started feuding with Regal, and was even like using the knee. That's where he used the knee trembler now. Uh, used that in New Japan recently. He started using that, adopting it from Regal. He did the Regal stretch. Um, but there's some great promos in there. Just fantastic mic work. Um, his FCW stuff was gold. Almost as good as his previous. So that's why I'm excited for Moxley now. Is if we get an even half of what he was trending towards there, it'll blow the doors off everything. Yeah, and I think he has the ability, you know, Moxley, Dean, or whatever you yeah. want to call him, Definitely has the luster now. He's won some titles. He had a fantastic run with the faction of the Shield. The betrayals and the storyline that he and Rollins continued to tell out of that storyline, you know. I mean, I guess the one thing to be really said is, even though he was the quote-unquote lunatic fringe, like, uh, he never really escaped the shadow of the Shield, even when he was champion. I do. I I love the fact that they gave him the first... uh, the win over both of them. Uh, I think it was uh, not after. It, let me let me track back here. He won Money in the Bank, cashed it in the same night. The next pay per view they did, I want to say it was Battleground. Uh, he beat Reigns and Rollins in the same night. I, I, I think I know what you're I, talking not, about. Yeah, I'm, and it was I'm something right like I. I th- well, I think here's how it went because it was the it was. In one night, all three members of the Shield were champion. That's right. That's it. Roman went in as champ. Rollins beat him. And then Moxley, and it was like a holy shit Moxley moment. cashed in on him. That's what it was. Yep. Gotcha. And then he won the title. And then out of that, he went to SmackDown Live as the first right. WWE SmackDown Live champion. Had a great champ. run with Styles, uh, right? And then, God damn, that was some of the best matches, him and Styles. They just put on... A clinic, and, and of course, that's a testament to AJ as well. Right. Um, but man, I don't even like look at us. We're just like riffing on all <laughs> these different great wrestling elements, and we haven't even gotten into the thick of the goodness today. So, uh, you know, to the same token, 
are there fact? What do you prefer, faction, tag team, uh, three man, like Freebird style? Do you like the solo competitor more? What's your preferred like experience? I honestly, I do love a good faction, um, but I feel like they can be badly done very easily. You can have a faction as good as the Shield or a New Day or Undisputed Era now or the Freebirds or uh, NWO, but it's really easy to turn those into NWO Wolfpack or turn that into the Dungeon of Doom or turn them into... Or the Miztourage. Or God... (laughs) You know, you got to think, if you have somebody like the New Day, you're very, very close to an Oddities already, (laughs) and that's not where you want to (laughs) be. No. So... No, oh my God, Kerrigan... Dude, I can't, I can't, I can't face. sweat Kurgan. The dude got uh, made himself a decent acting job. He's been in a bunch of movies, so yeah. I can't really sweat the dude. I, really? Uh, he's in uh, one. I uh, come off the top of my head. He's in uh, Sherlock Holmes with uh, Robert Downey Jr. Really? Yep. He is. Uh, oh, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen oh. it. I'm a true to the BBC stuff. Uh, it's the. It's actually not BBC. That's the uh, uh, Guy Ritchie remakes. Him and Jude Law. Both of them really good. I definitely recommend the two movies, and he is a, a Kurgan is a henchman in it. Can't miss him. Uh, nice. He's also got a really small part, if I remember correctly, in uh, Pacific Rim. Oh, he's cool. one of the uh, the Russian. He's one of the that. Russian uh, Jaeger pilots. Well, now I'm gonna have to go back and watch that for sure because I missed that. But it's a it's a slightly smaller cameo than Kevin Nash in The Punisher. We'll put it that way. <laughs> but. Um, now nah, I can't sweat Kurgan. Uh, but yeah, faction. Hey, as the Russian. Um, yeah, like faction wise, it just depends. Tag teams can be really good, but anymore, it's hard to have them not get pigeonholed into factions immediately. You get uh, a tag team like it depends on what I guess if you want to run them as an actual tag team or as two individual singles wrestlers teaming together. I'd rather have a revival than a two-man power trip. That makes sense. Hey, it does make sense. Austin and Triple H. Yep. I'd rather <laughs> nice reference. Well, like, or even currently, you have the revival as the SmackDown champions, and you have uh, Rude and Ziggler as the Raw champions. Of the two, I would absolutely yeah. prefer the actual tag team versus the two gotten thrown together. Yeah, totally, totally agree with that. Uh, mainly because when you have two separate guys like Austin and uh, Triple H going against each other, or not against each other, but that are tagging together, the question becomes: When are they going to go against each other? When is the betrayal right. going to happen? Right. When are we going to? Ex- well, of course, with the two-man power trip. We never yeah, got to went, the betrayal because nowhere. the fucking quad tear happened. <laughs> uh, well, no, it went nowhere because because right. uh, uh, Triple H blew his quad. Out, quad. Yeah. You know, of course, that had Jericho in the match, so that heightens the experience. Jericho kind of takes Triple H's spot in getting the mm-hmm. rub to become the first unified champs, which I don't know if you can see behind me. Oh, I see. But, I uh, see the two belts. A, I see the. Uh, there's a reason those two belts are up there. The Jericho's my all-time favorite, man. So That's a good time to be a Jericho fan, so. Yeah, a little bit of the bubbly. Oh, I get, you got to say, about the one thing about Jericho that I never really gave him credit for until really the bubbly thing is what kicked it for me, the dude can, has this ability to take any 
any minute phrase and get it over. The Dude, he sold Mitch the plant. He sold Mitch the plant. He got Mitch he, the plant over. He got the word it over. He You're going to get exactly it. The the dude made a got a list over for God's sake into one of the best segments in recent memory. Like hey. The guy's making a he goes over to New Japan and suddenly he's a mix between Clockwork Orange, a crow, the crow and an angry dad in his 50s and gets that over. <laughs> angry rocker dad. <laughs> The dude got a scarf over. He got a light-up jacket over. He he's he's one. He he he's the Midas of wrestling, is. dude. Everything he touches is the, gold. It's a, a gimmick to call him the goat, but you can very easily make an argument. He may be the most all-around greatest of all time. Very easy argument, right there. Okay, one thing I want to mention: if you haven't yet read his autobiography, his first one, absolutely stunning read. Like. I, the stories he tells, his journey to go to Mexico, like his behind the scenes and, and befriending Benoit and their journeys on the road together, his journey to Japan right. the first time, like like all these stories make him one of my favorites because his he really took he he took that whole don't take no for right. an answer mentality. You're not the biggest guy. You're not going to be the best worker. You're right. not. You're not. You're not. And he said, "Watch me, motherfuckers." <laughs> Tell me I'm the biggest guy. You know? You're not the small. You're not the biggest guy. You're a cruiserweight. No, I'm just going to go kick the shit out of Goldberg in real life. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Done. Done. No. Oh man. I don't know if I, I don't... Thinking about WCW hurts my head. No. Be prepared to think about it a lot because we're right back into another war. <laughs> I know, yeah, I know. It's 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 strange that we are here. I mean, as people are listening to this, it's technically the morning of, unless right. you're listening late into the evening, which I don't know why you're not watching AEW yeah. right now because it's it's official. Right now, during this day that this is going live for our audience, October second, I do believe, AEW premieres tonight, man. I know. And it's time. Just think about it. This wasn't even. There was no AEW a year ago. There was rumors. There was all in and a little a little hearsay, but it wasn't until what December they actually officially announced AEW and how far they've come in a New year. New Year's Day, yeah, yeah, it was New Year's Day. That's right. But yeah, how far you've come? Because the year. whole contract thing. Right, 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 right. Well, and not only how far we've come in a year, but how really the gamble paid off. Meltzer talking shit paid off it paid dividends to the wrestling community that Meltzer said these kids can't sell out an right. arena with 10k seats yeah right fuck off the one the thing that gets me is like if you were watching wwe you know five six years ago seven eight years ago you saw cody rhodes you see a guy who got the dashing gimmick over pretty well get the undashing gimmick well but then kind of floundered and then does the stardust thing and Soldiers on. Good for you, dude. But quits. Quits WWE and says, I'm going to bet on myself. I'm going to do, I think I can do better. I know that I can do better. And goes out and not only gets everything he wants out of life and out of, out of his profession, but is at the forefront of everything now. It's, he's the poster child for betting on yourself. And I'm not going to come out and say that he's the best wrestler on the planet. I honestly, I think he's a great storyteller, but I don't 
think he's one of the best in the ring by any means. But no, a hell of a lot of respect for him as a person. Just absolute respect for him. And you got to think the one thing Cody has that's a way larger advantage to anybody else. No one's really talking about this when you think about AEW and what's coming. Cody grew up in Dusty's house. Oh, yeah. He knows the behind the scenes of wrestling. He knows what WCW did right. wrong. You think his dad was silent about how they fucked up? No. Right. It was drilled into Cody's head every mistake they made. Well, didn't Dusty also do a long time book, uh, stint with TNA in their worst times? He was a booker there. You exactly know what I'm saying here. And you look at Cody now. And Cody can go, well, I can Kevin Nash the shit out of this <laughs> and drive everything into the ground and end this real fast. Sapuku style, as it were. Or I can get creative and, and think outside the box, get my head in the game with a couple other guys right. who want to change the world, change the business, right. as it were. And the gamble paid off. The only thing I'm really concerned with right now, and I'm sure at some point we'll get it, and, and, and I feel like part of the reason he hasn't yet is mainly because if he leaves, that company is going to most likely start to close up shop as far as I can tell. But, like, Good. Marty not being a part of AEW hurts me. It's it's just for now. There's no way he's not going. He'll be there. His I know. contract's up in very soon, if not – like at the end of this month, I want to say like it's very soon. Um, Interesting yeah. timing. Also, uh, revival as of this morning, we rumored that uh, yeah, they still haven't re-signed their contracts. So so they're they're floating with titles and no contract. Huh? Get, they've been getting title runs and stuff to try to placate them into signing a contract, but they haven't done it yet apparently. So they may be they may be content to write it out and say thanks. We'll see you later. And go, we'll go where oh, we're actually man. appreciated. What would happen if they left with the title since they are not under contract? I, I mean, I don't know that they would do the whole uh, Alundra Blaze situation with it because. Yeah, I don't think you throw them in the. I mean, no offense. I don't think they, no offense. I don't think they would. Uh, like, they haven't raised a stink about. I guess there, there was a little bit of time where they said they were they were actively trying to get out of their contracts. But they've played ball since then. So if they've played ball and been treated decently since then, even if they leave, I can't see them taking a shit on the way out, basically. Yeah, and, and honestly, what good does it do? I mean, I'm not going to be shitty here, but the tag team titles for SmackDown are not nearly as illustrious as the women's title at the time was for London no. Blaze. I mean, these titles are only no. a couple years old at this point. No. So uh, what does that do? Not a whole lot, but... The revival leaving could be a huge again. I'm going to say it again: the paradigm shift, man. It could be just for it's the theme. It could easily be a, a problem for WWE just because they refuse to, you know, do tag team wrestling for the most part in WWE anyway. So they leave their isn't one of the credible teams gone. Concept? Uh, it is. I mean, really, isn't that a silly concept to just not be all in on your tag team wrestling when their tag team division? at one point in time, define oh, absolutely. tag team. And really, considering all the talent they're loaded with, I mean, you got you have guys like the Revival, you have the New Day, you have the Usos, you have, uh, even in your even in your, your developmental with NXT, you have Undisputed Era, you have Street Profits. Uh, even guys like Unwanted Sons are still, or Unforgotten Sons are still better than half the teams you can find in places. Like they they have a wealth of talent that they can be using, 
and they just choose not to. They book. They're like, no thanks. Well, I mean, it it says how much they they value tag team wrestling right now when they book Rude and Ziggler to win the tag titles. Oh, let me let me take a step back. The most recent pay per view, you have the Raw tag team belts defended by a team that had been together for less than two weeks, defended against a team that had been together for less than one week, and used as a prop in the Universal Title match. So that's how you're going to treat your tag your your tag team straps on Raw, really? We don't say straps here, know. man. <laughs> That's what Vince would tell us. I don't us. have Vince screaming in my ear. I have you talking in my ear, and I know which one I would prefer. So there you go. <laughs> True. I don't think I could. God damn it. Oh, I, uh, um, he's just uh, not a pleasant person, I think. Yeah, it's funny. Like, you hear people talk about him behind the scenes, and he's just one of the guys. Like, he's just. Everybody loves Vince behind the scenes. And then you have this perception from everybody watching of what he's actually like. And I can't imagine he's as, he's as insane as we make him out to be, but I don't think he's as sane as they make him out to be either. You don't get to be Vince like, McMahon. There's like, definitely, you don't get, there's definitely truth in the gray area. You don't yeah. get to be Vince McMahon if you have all your screws actually tightened very well. <laughs> I like that. I think it takes a lot of balls and courage, too, to walk into SmackDown Live at 1 o'clock in the afternoon, look at the papers, and go, wipe your ass with <laughs> well, it. we're doing this. Nope, we're rewriting the whole fucking thing. We're rewriting the whole fucking thing right now. Give me one of your best writers and me. We're going to come up with the whole show. It doesn't just take balls. It takes, and I hate saying this, grapefruits. <laughs> hey, so, yeah. that's a yeah. good one. Yeah, testicular fortitude, uh, as they would say back in the day, Mr. Foley. I will say that I don't know how, how I'm suddenly on the topic of Vince's genitalia, but he did coin one of the best phrases I think I've ever heard the English language when he called himself the genetic jackhammer. And that is, oh, yeah, I love is that. one of the best things in the world. So to write that on his tombstone, please, by God. <laughs> the genetic jackhammer, Vince McMahon. May he rest <laughs> in peace. Nice segue, Ferry. That's that's gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, uh, I tell you, we have a lot of different things to kind of cover and talk about. You have some plans. You are gonna be you stepping away for a second. I totally yeah. got the key there. Um, Do your thing, my friend. It's cool. Gonna set the microphone now. We're chatting through my phone, and I forgot to plug it in, so I need to uh, plug that back in. Totally, yeah. I, I did the same thing with the laptop while we were talking. I got right into doing this, and I was like, oh, fuck, I didn't plug her in. She's going to die. Oh, no. Uh, but, no, man, um, really quickly, just a couple weeks ago on the OGs, which actually there will be another episode of that. I think it's one of the last episodes coming up here next Friday. But um, we did impressions, and I totally forgot I do a Stone Cold impression. Oh, that's beautiful. So just just for the audience. <clears throat> now, God damn it, I'm going to go down to the store, and I'm going to buy myself a couple tasty little cheeseburgers. Uh-uh. I tell you what, right now, we're going to go, and we're going to fight, and we're going to punch them in the goddamn balls, motherfuckers. Anyways. You know, I I kind of have more respect for him now as a, as a talk show host. <laughs> or a, what? a variety show host, even. 
What? Oh, don't give me the chance to undertake this. If you say what, you sleep with your what? sister. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I can't. Well, I'm not saying it oh, now. God. Damn. You got me there. If you there. want to see a man shut an entire arena down, there you go. But we're moving to handheld now. This is lovely. Um, Interesting. Yeah. The uh, the microphone cord is not quite as long as the phone, or is longer than the phone cord. So we're going to work with that. <laughs> I like that. I like that a lot. Now, um, so before we move on to the modern modern stuff officially, I know we've riffed on a lot of different things. There was one last little segment I wanted to discuss with you about your history in wrestling, and quantify it in three moments. I want you to give me, in your opinion, what three moments most stick out to you from your youth, from wrestling in general, from the history of wrestling. Literally, it's a smorgasbord of time. But I feel like, I mean, by default, you're probably going to say the beer bath. It was was, the first night you watched Raw. But I feel like there's a couple... There, I feel like there's a couple other ones that will definitely spark some great conversation. There is one, uh, and it's going to be a bit cliched, but uh, I'll give you, give you a little background to it. Like I said, i just kind of gotten back into wrestling, or at least talking, to, uh, talking about it, uh, back in the early to mid-2010s. And I was working at a restaurant at the time, and happened to walk out on the evening, or in the evening after a night shift uh, on a Monday night, and it was this little shitty college sports bar. And they usually had TV on with whatever sports channels. They just happened to have Monday Night Raw on. And the reason they had Monday Night Raw on, because it was the Pipe Bomb promo. It was CM Punk, oh, shit. Live Mike, Aaron his grievances. And I walk out of the kitchen, and I've just kind of been dipping my toes back into wrestling. And all of a sudden, I see on about 12 different screens around this restaurant... CM Punk laying into Vince McMahon and everybody in this restaurant, most of which are not usually wrestling fans to my knowledge, are just going, what in the hell is going on? Did he Is he off script? We know this is scripted. Is he off script? And I just kind of chuckled. I'm going, this is, this is unbelievable. And it's not even, it's not even knowing much about the history behind it at the time, but just watching the reactions of everybody around me, that'll stick out in my mind the rest of my life. And it's really funny because that moment got me back into wrestling. I could I could easily see that. I had take I take I had taken a hiatus and I loved punk, but I did not feel like they were booking him well. It was around the straight edge society right. era, you know, uh him and uh, Luke Gallows and every, everything they were doing. It was just like what are they doing with this guy? You know, they had had him win the second money in the bank. Right. And all all these things they keep they, and they keep dropping the ball. He had the world title, won it from Edge, dropped the ball. Like, uh, and I got out of it and I started watching MMA like hardcore. Mm-hmm. I got into UFC really like that was like during the time Lesnar was champ and almost lost to Shane Carwin. But um, <clears throat> one of my friends was like, "Dude, did you see the pipe bomb?" And I was like, "What? Right? Was there an accident? Did somebody die? <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> what?" <laughs> He's like, "No." did you see the pipe bomb on wrestling? And I was like, oh my God, somebody blew up wrestling? And he's like, no. <laughs> Fucking no. Yeah. I was like, how did I miss oh, this? No. You know, like, what is happening? No, I just, I just he's like, listen to me. Limo blowing up. <laughs> oh yeah, that was, that's crazy timing. And it has to come out the very next week. Hey, look, Chris Benoit died. Yeah. It was a tragedy. I'm not dead. Anyway. Fuck. Um, anyways, uh, poor timing. But um, no, 
with the pipe bomb thing, like when I finally figured out what was going on and I watched it and I just watched how CM Punk talked, I felt he was not only off script, but that they had said, go ahead and say whatever you're going to say. We're not too worried about it. And then realized he said shit they did yep. not want him to say. And it was like, oh, fuck, backpedal, backpedal, backpedal. I, I honestly love it for the fact that it's almost exactly what happened, at least according to him. Is uh, Have you watched the, the document, his documentary? It's WWE produced, so there's a lot of white Best in the world? Yeah. He even talks about Oh, fuck, like, yeah, I own it on Blu-ray, dude. Like going, yeah, I had my contract in hand. I'm out of here. I'm leaving at the end of the stroke of midnight. I walk in, and they say, well, just go air your grievances. Are you, are you kidding me? Oh, okay. No, seriously, go ahead and do it. And then, and you have that moment in time. Uh, yeah. Uh, as, as he said, one of my one of my favorite lines from that. I'd like to think this company will be better off Vince after Vince is dead. dead. Yeah. But your but his uh, his what do you say? Something about his, his princess daughter and his, his doofus, doofus son-in-law. His, uh, I can't remember what he said about Stephanie, but it was doofus son-in-law was the Triple H line. Yeah. And, and, you know, and to kind of to a credit to Trips, though, you look at what he's built with NXT, and oh, yeah. if that's any indication of what the future of the WWE could be without Vince... I'm all for it. Maybe there's a I'm chance. I'm all for it. Maybe there's a chance. I will say, the only thing that hasn't aged well in that bit, in that whole, uh, in that promo, and it's really sad to say, is him waving to Colt Cabana. Hi, Colt and, Cabana. Which, you know, fast forward to now... And the fact they're not even on speaking terms, and I'm not even sure there may still be a lawsuit between the two of them, just kind of, yeah, kind of bums you out a bit. Yeah, it definitely does, and that's uh, kind of WWE's fault, really. You know, it is. Well, yeah. there's also the fact that Punk is, and admittedly so, he's an asshole. <laughs> you love the guy, but he is admittedly a jerk. Like he even will come out straight. Right, he's out a businessman. Oh yeah. Totally. Yeah, totally. So let me oh, ask you this question. You three moments. Oh, you go three moments. Oh, yeah, yeah. Shit, shit. And go the ahead, one please. That, uh, the one that I think honestly sticks out to me again as kind of a changing of arrows would be uh, SummerSlam, I want to say 2015, when that was uh, Cena and Lesnar. When Cena... Oh, my God. That's the first truck. suplex yeah, city. He absolutely got dump trucked by Lesnar. And uh, at the time, had been in full Super Cena mode. People, you know, ready to just watch him die. They were publicly ready to watch him die. And then, by God, John Cena came out and died for all of our sins. Yes, he did. I, yeah, I, yeah. Uh, I mean, he had. He was the original like Roman Reigns hate. You know, like what we now, what people channel into Roman Reigns hate, like the guy that shouldn't be over that they keep pushing was Cena for a time. And it's weird because Cena, you look at the Doctor of Thugonomics and that and like his comeuppance, WrestleMania right. 21, his first victory against JBL, like there's so much good. He did the Marine and that's what fucked it all up for him because he yeah. kind of got corporate boy because they gave him a movie and they said, look, you're going to play by our rules now. You're not going to be such a rapper. You're going to kind of be this different archetype. I kind of look at it as a combination of that and the Make-A-Wish stuff. Once he gets so deep into Make-A-Wish, they're never going to turn heel. It's just never going to happen. Yeah. Totally, and totally agree it, with it that. It sucks because, it, well, at the time it sucked because there's... 
you his it wasn't John Cena the wrestler that was bad, and it wasn't that people wanted John Cena the wrestler done. They wanted John Cena the character done. It was his his character or done differently. Yeah, done differently. It was his character. Super Cena was so horrifically stale, not just over pushed like Reigns was, but just absolutely done everything you could do with him, and beaten everybody that there was to beat. And they just refused to do anything else, and that was that was what to me killed him, or killed the Cena character was that there was just no place else for him to go, but back down into retirement, this slow, slow stretch that he's into now. Which honestly, it's crazy to talk about. We haven't seen him on WWE TV in a long time, at least to my immediate remembrance. And uh, like, maybe I don't know if he came for the Raw reunion or not, but I, like, I don't. Think he did actually, from my remember right. Dude, it, the company's surviving without Cena, and they don't really have a Cena level guy. Like even Roman, I was thinking about this tonight watching SmackDown, which is kind of what we're going to double back into and get right. into here. But like even Roman, he's not being pushed the same. They kind of got him in this weird like doesn't really matter storyline. Great matches. But... I think honestly, the. This is going to sound horrible to say, but him getting the cancer diagnosis and recovery is the best thing to happen to him professionally and personally. Not, And I say that as I have actually gained a lot of respect for him as a person and a character in that I don't think he ever really deserved the shit he got when they were pushing him. It wasn't his choice to do it. I never, it was never a big Reigns fan, but the... I wouldn't. I hated booing him just because you booed the booking of him. You didn't boo him. But totally agree. When he comes back, then you get you've had a chance to cool off from him. Like he's been gone for whatever it was four or five months, so the storylines have gone away from him a little bit. And you have the great story of him coming back. The fans are happy to see him again. They're not over pushing him, and he legitimately seems happier to be where he's at. Like, if you look at him right now, he's going out of his way to put over guys like Buddy Murphy. Even though he's winning the matches, he's selling his ass off for guys like Murphy or guys like Rowan. And then you see him get to do the the Connors Cure stuff now. Uh, and being WWE, being what it is, they overpushed the hell out of the cancer thing this month. But when you watch his stuff with it, it means the world to him. And I think he totally, has kind he's of actually lived it. what makes him happy about the business itself and what he gets to do with it. And I think you can, that change, actually, you can see it in his character as much as just through the performer. So I think in his where he's at now, I think Reigns is better off now than he's been in years. Couldn't agree. I couldn't agree more with you because it seems like the weight has been lifted. Even though in certain instances the crowd does seem to still boo him, it's definitely less than it's not every time his music comes on. It's not You're still it's, gonna he, get smart. He definitely man. has more <laughs> You're still gonna get smart. Totally, totally. Uh, you know, but to spawn this back into your second favorite moment, which was the pipe bomb, mm-hmm. you said that he kind of predicted things. You also talked about the Colt Cabana thing, lawsuits, thing of that nature. How on the nose is all this Shane McMahon shit? Like, he calls himself uh, best in the world. Now they're going to say there's a $25 million lawsuit. Like, that's pretty fucking know, on the nose, you dude. Know, I don't I don't think they're they're playing into that. I, I don't think... I'm not going to say WWE won't be that petty because we all 
fucking know they will they absolutely will be. be that petty. But <laughs> I don't think that's what they're going for. Actually, um, it reminds me more of uh, Kevin Steen back in uh, Ring of Honor when he was the Antichrist of pro wrestling. And yeah, it, it, there's some echoes of that storyline, especially now they're going to do a ladder match. Um, there's a lot of ties back into that. I can see Steen having Steen having some uh, say in that, but I also think there's some element to when Shane came back. He'd been gone for a long time. Dude's got kids. I don't know if he wants to continue doing this. Not much, too much longer. Yeah, no. so I mean, I could see this as now, I, them trying to write him out. Alternately, I could see them buying into a rumor that I heard. And I don't know if you heard the same rumor. It is the dirt sheet, so shit comes up and Absolutely. sometimes settles back to the bottom is not true. But I have heard that KO is moving to NXT. And maybe this is a, a device to get him there. I've heard the rumor... Um... A lot of it had to do, if I remember right, it was while he was still technically fired, and they had it was that rumor came out before they did the lawsuit thing, so they they uh. they were playing it up like they were going to. The thought was they were going to bring him out for the first episode of NXT to pop a rating, and I don't. I think they ended up realizing they didn't need to, because if you saw it, NXT last week did great ratings for what they wanted. Yeah. So I think they may have backpedaled and then gone on with the with the uh, lawsuit storyline instead. But that's just a theory. Well, I think it. I think the lawsuit storyline can serve them well. He and Shane will obviously have a barn burner match. They both work so hard. When when they announced it tonight, I was I was concerned because like the Hell in a Cell is coming up as of this recording. It's next week or this weekend. But yeah, uh, it's a week from Sunday. So yeah. I haven't figured out the podcast calendar yet. I'm, I'm learning here. Um, it's a week from this Sunday, which would right. be after our debut. Yeah, so when they're, right. when they're advertising, he goes, yeah, we're going to have a ladder match. I'm going, I know Hell in the Cell's coming up. I like Hell in the Cell match. You've already had a Hell in the Cell match with Shane. Don't, don't, don't retread that, please. Mostly because the Hell in the Cell match he had with Shane actually terrified the hell out of me. <laughs> if you're, do you remember that match? The elbow drop from the top of the cell. Yes, I fucking well, not do. Well, that, but they spent a hell of a long time on top of the cell. And dangerously And Ko is not a long. small guy. And the entire time and they're they were doing moves, bumps. spots on the top of the whoa, cell. Whoa, and I keep thinking whoa. of Foley going through the cell and, and taking a header off the mat. I'm like, oh, please, God, no. I don't want to watch a man die. <laughs> Ooh, speaking of headers off the mat, tell me you saw Ali take that oh, one tonight. Oh, God, on and got right back up. Man, like it was nothing. The dude bounced. Up. That looked like Lita all over the again. The dude bounced off the table like a toddler and gets right back up. Goes, I didn't hit feel a thing. <laughs> uh. Uh, yeah, no, we watched the. You and I both watched the. I guess we call it the season finales of Raw and SmackDown uh. this week as we <laughs> as we lead into the season premieres, whatever the fuck that means with a, a company that never stops putting right. out content. How do you have a finale and a premiere? I don't understand. Uh. It was piss poor finales and piss poor I, premieres are all I around. I kind of like the uh, the new graphics they're they're teasing for Raw though. I kind of like the new imagery a little bit. Yeah, it's a it is a chance to refresh, give us a whole new look and vibe. Of course, they're keeping the color scheme. Did you hear? There's a big rumor of a really big return for next week. No, I did not hear this rumor. Please enlighten the rumors me. They're going to bring back Pyro. <laughs> 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 ah! 
oh my god, it's Pyro. Yeah. I'm going to pop for Pyro. I pop for him. I know people did it AEW. Yeah, I think that might be it, actually, is you have AEW doing it, and you have uh, Fox putting the bill again. So that could be part oh, of it. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Fox is like... Speaking of which, actually, uh, the other thing that got announced today was uh, AEW will be TV-14. Yeah, Cody yep. announced that officially Confirm. that Wednesday night is going to officially be Dynamite. Yeah. Baby. So we have PG versus uh, TV-14. Not that it really means anything, but hey, maybe we'll see a little blood. We'll see. Maybe we'll see Dustin Rhodes Could like, be almost little... dying a ring again. <laughs> or we can watch somebody like... Um... What the fuck is his name? Darby Allen, dude. Darby Allen was almost my that, uh, my guy to watch this week. Always very seriously. Okay. Uh, ooh, okay. Okay. So let's let's go ahead and just talk about it. Who is your guy to watch? If Darby Allen is not, which by the way, if you did not see the crazy coffin drop, <sighs> uh, barrel cu- cracker barrel coffin drop onto steps that he did at uh, All Out. Oh my god. Uh, I I will be talking about Darby Allen in the future because that dude, I love him and he is insane. The the man is crazy we'll insane. Ca- We'll give him a little side award that we'll just decide right now we're going to have. He is our first holy shit of the year award. Okay. Like, that was an absolute I got you. holy shit I got moment. you. So now every time we get a holy shit moment, you compare it back to him and who can top that. Kind of like the old uh, ESPN yes. play of the week. So oh, that's like they did the, the, the you got Darby. lost yes. thing. So now whoever's yes. on the next episode has to take the crown from Darby. Can he beat Darby? Oh. Um now, actually, the guy oh, I have, man, that's hard. the guy I have is my uh, uh, someone to watch um, is someone who's new to WWE, but I've been watching for a little while now. Uh, in WWE, he's going as Isaiah Swerve Scott. You might know him as Shane Strickland. Um, I don't. Or did you watch Lucha Underground? Only the first season, and only like the first like five episodes, okay. I think. So uh, he was also Killshot in Lucha Underground. Um, okay. I am a really, I have a huge, I'm a big fan of him. And I think that uh, he's getting kind of a slow rollout on NXT now. I think he was a huge signing and someone that can have great matches and will be someone to watch. Um, the guy can fly. I've seen him do hardcore and he's a hell of a mat wrestler. Um, so yeah, Isaiah Swerve Scott. And I've actually got a couple of matches I've listed out that uh, if you want to check out some of his stuff, a couple of recommendations. All of them are available on YouTube or on WWE Network. Um, awesome. So the two recent ones, if you've watched them on WWE, you would have seen them on uh, the breakout tournament on NXT. So that was against uh, Cameron Grimes on July 3rd uh, edition of NXT. Good. It's very first WWE match. Uh, he also did a little spot on uh, 205 Live against Gulak in a really good match on uh, the uh, July 23rd of 205 Live. But the two that I would definitely tell you, especially if you haven't seen any of his stuff in the past, on YouTube, you can look up uh, his match with Matt Riddle uh, on Evolve 104. And uh, that is a great match. It's uh, Riddle was the Evolve champion going in and had gotten into... uh, gotten into a bit where he liked uh, no ropes matches. He was trying to get away from rope breaks and trying to do more of a pure style wrestling, which ended up leading to the original Matt Riddle blood sport. But uh, Strickland came in and had a title match with him not too long before he signed with WWE. 
and it's a great mm-hmm. bit of his uh, mat work. Uh, there's some really good arm work. He has a couple arm breaker spots that are just fantastic. Good riddle match, too. Um, I just pulled yep. it up, actually. I have it saved now, so I'll be watching it once we're off the yeah. air. What's the, the other, other match one, the with, one uh, that, is this as Shane Strickland? Uh, no, it's his kill shot uh, from Lucha Underground. Okay. Um, the match that really opened my eyes to him in the first place is uh, it was called the Hell of War match uh, from Lucha Underground uh, Ultima Lucha Trace. Um, now, if you're not familiar with Lucha Underground, they are the most heavy kayfabe promotion maybe of all time. Um in their third season, they ran a long art or ran a long angle between him and uh, Dante Fox or AR Fox in the Indies now, uh, where they were both uh, former soldiers. So uh, both former rogue soldiers and had a beef with each other. So they had what they called a uh, Hell of War match, which was a three stages of Hell match. And I, if, I'm, if memory serves, it is like a. Uh, I can't remember what the first fall was. Second fall was. Uh, no DQ. Third fall was a oh no, it was a uh, no DQ, a stretcher match, and then a ambulance match to finish it. So Damn. super hardcore. It's like a thirty minute match, and it is one of the most brutal like non death match fights I've ever seen. Both of them just absolute balls to the wall, unreal match. I'm pretty sure uh, AR Fox actually had a chunk torn out of his back at one point. You see it on the stretcher, like. No, it's it's not for the squeamish by any means, but dude can flat out go, and I think that's a good range of matches. You get a little bit of hardcore, a little bit of high flyer. Um, you see his mat wrestling, and then you see a little bit about what WWE is doing with him now. Definitely keep an eye on Strickland, uh, or again Isaiah Swerve Scott as he's being known now. Somebody to keep an eye on. Well, I'm definitely going to be checking out these matches you've just suggested to our audience, and I'm also going to be reporting back next episode to talk a little bit about what I think about this guy in his matches. Uh, The two I have pulled up was the Matt Riddle match and then the the Dante Fox match to start. I will probably dive back into the more recent stuff after I've seen these two first. Just to see his evolution as a character. Was he, um, did did the Lucha Underground thing happen before the Evolve thing? Uh, Yes. Um, Okay, so I'm going to watch them yeah. kind of in order sequentially he so I did, can see the evolution of his... Uh, if you, again, if you didn't follow Lucha Underground, they did a lot of stuff with indie wrestlers uh, under a different persona. So they had uh, Ricochet, uh, who had done all these indie promotions as Ricochet, came in as Prince Puma. Yeah, Prince Puma, so they, I remember they that. they did that kind of thing with a lot of different wrestlers, had him wrestle as different gimmicks. So he'd done a lot of Strickland stuff prior and then came in as Killshot. So, uh, sweet. Yeah, there's. I, I'm a big fan. I love Lucha Underground. I made a point to watch it when it was on. Uh, I want to say it's. I don't think it's on Netflix anymore. There's different ways to watch it, but uh, there's a lot of. There's a lot of good, good, like heavy mining stuff you can find in Lucha Underground. Some great matches. Um, Hell yeah. yes. But, uh, yeah, he'd be my one to watch for the week. I'm excited. I, okay. I'm excited well, to see what you think of him. I cannot wait to check this uh, new wrestler to me out and see what I've been missing because it's always good. You know, it's weird to think about, like, you brought up Ricochet. Do you know the first time I heard of Ricochet, infamously? Like, it should be easy. It should just, like, red flag. First thing I would think of would be his match with Osprey. 
Yep. yep. The the most choreographed yep. match in professional wrestling history, yep. but god damn was it pretty. Oh, it absolutely is. And uh Osprey is one dude that I the, the two of them, Osprey and Ricochet are two people I don't know how their bodies move the way they do. They should not be able to do the things that they are and it's amazing. <laughs> I absolutely agree with you. I'm sure Will Ospreay at some point will be one to watch, but right yeah. now we're we're sticking I'm trying, with I'm trying Shane to Strickland. Dive a I, I'm trying to dive a little deeper. Ospreay is pretty well known at this point, but or at least you right, you right. Uh, what was the guy's uh, Shane Strickland? What's his WWE persona or his NXT persona uh, name? Isaiah Swerve Scott. His uh, his Swerve. Yeah. That's the word I can't Swerve is uh, actually when he was wrestling as Shane Strickland. It was Shane Swerve Strickland. So they did let him keep his nickname. Um, the way he kind of plays off is Swerve is like his confidence. It's his his uh, machismo or his uh, his charisma. It's his way of his kind of his it. way of doing things. It's just he's got a Hells. lot of original moves. Good work, great. So. Hell yeah. All right, well, I'm going to ask you a question that I I know I don't know the answer to, but I know you have answers to this sure. question. I, I've heard rumor that you're bringing a new thing to the show, and it's a top five of the week. I'm going to try to. I'm going uh, to try to do a top five matches between episodes. So between addition to Journey into Wrestling, uh, I'm not going to do it based on calendar because uh, with the amount of content that's around, it's almost impossible to watch everything at once. So I'm not totally. going to base on week to week, but I'll say uh, episode to episode. So anything that I have uh, top five matches that I have seen or that I would recommend from the la- since the last episode that you have ingested. Yes. Now, the sad it. thing is, a lot of them are going to be a little tougher to come by. A lot. I mean, WWE matches you can usually find on Hulu the next day or track it down that way. Um, some of them you have to kind of get through, uh, depending on where you've seen it. I'm not going to say to use illegal streams to watch some independent wrestling, but use some independent wrestling uh, illegal streams. Um, watch wrestling.in. Yes, 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 very much so. Um, but yeah, I got a top five from uh, this would be September 15th through uh, tonight, which would be the 24th. So I can dive right in if you want me to. Please do, man. But I'm, I'm super excited to see the list. Like I, 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 you I didn't say, fill I me in. You didn't prep yet. me. So I will give you a little rundown of what I have seen over the last week. I watched. I made a point to try to watch as much last week as I could. So did get to watch 205 UK <clears> plus the main shows. It's a lot of WWE, which is almost impossible to not absorb WWE content at this point. Uh, but I did get a chance to watch uh, a show that I would sell the hell out of now was uh, Josh Barnett's Bloodsport 2. And I think I actually did send you a link to it. Um, if you're not familiar with Bloodsport, it is a more uh, MMA-type presentation. So you have a mat, you have ring posts, you have no ropes, no rope breaks, and uh, matches are only won by uh, submission or knockout. So it's a lot more old-school, actually like closer to Pancrase almost. Um and there will, it will pop up a couple times on this countdown, actually. So uh, I would do want to start off. I'm going to subvert my own rule. I have a top five, and I have two honorable mentions. So it's really a top seven this week. So I couldn't leave. We'll let you have leave, honorable mentions. That's fine. Couldn't leave two of them off. One of them, uh, off of NXT UK from this week, uh, was the British Rounds match. 
Sid Scala and uh, Cassius Ono. Um, okay. First time I've seen a rounds match in WWE, it's actually closer to a world of sport, almost more of a boxing presentation, where it's split up into rounds and you get like a 30-second breather in the middle of it. And the reason it's not a great match, but it's really interesting to watch because um, really it it subverts the original WWE match where you have uh, the crowd getting into this ebb and flow, pinfall here, pinfall there, um, because of these breaks that are taken in between rounds. It slows it down a lot, but by the end of the match, they did it in such a way the storyline kept up really well, and it actually builds a ton of momentum by the time the match is over. So. Quality of the match, not great, but it's interesting to watch just because it's something unique and something that's uh, it's an interesting to see thing. Um, okay, definitely going to check that out. The other, uh, the other uh, made an honorable mention because it wasn't much of a match at all. It's more of a fight from Bloodsport. Uh, I'm not sure how, how familiar you are with these two. Killer Cross and Nick Gage at Bloodsport. I know them both. They're both former TNA guys, right? Uh, I don't know if Gage... Or Impact, I, I guess. I don't know if Gage was... Uh, Cross definitely still is. He's actually having some issues with them now. Um, he's really? trying to get out of his contract there. Um, hey! Cross does a lot of uh, Mexican. He does a lot of AAA. Um, okay. But uh, Cross is more of a traditional professional wrestler. Nick Gage is a deathmatch guy. And if you know any of the history of Nick Gage, he is, um, he's done jail time. He is absolutely just unfiltered. <laughs> he, he's crazy. a guy you don't want to, he, he's a, he's crazy. a And, uh, he, he's like, uh, what was that guy? What was that guy from ECW stabbed a dude? Uh, he's not, Fuck. he's not, New Jack. Jack. he's not, he's not criminally insane. <laughs> Uh, He's okay, not, I'm okay. going to kill a guy in a ring just because he looked at me wrong. He is, I'm going to fight you in the parking lot just because you yelled something wrong at me. Uh, oh, okay. Well, okay. I feel you. It's it's funny to see him, to watch him because the whole crowd will chant Nick fucking Gage at him every time he comes out of the ring to Metallica. Nice. Um, Love it. So it's a match between him and Cross and... I, what Metallica? Oh, he comes out to, uh, to Whom the Bell Tolls. Hey. That's great. Uh, yeah, that's my favorite. One of my favorite Metallica songs. First song I ever learned on uh, with my there band. First band. Um, but yeah, this uh, the bell rings for this match, and you have Cross post up to wrestle, and then you have Gage just just swings. He doesn't even try to wrestle, try to grapple. He's just throwing haymakers, and it's over in maybe a minute and a half, two minutes. But it's it's watching a wrestler fight a just brute, and it's hilarious to watch. And the cool thing about it is coming out of it, um, Cross grabs a microphone and challenges none other than Dave Batista to come down to Bloodsport next year. Oh, shit. I'm surprised you hadn't seen that. He actually calls out Batista. Tony, man, I sent you a link to it. Well, you need I, to check it out. You sent me the link, and, and I do have some time to be watching wrestling, so now I'm going to utilize my time. That's probably what I'm going to do tonight after it's we get off show. the show here is watch these matches that you're suggesting as well as Bloodsport, which is going to cover some of these matches you're <laughs> suggesting. So now we're breaking in, into, into the, the top, top five. five. So uh, t- number five, I have the opening match for NXT on UK or on USA. Uh, so Io Shirai, Mia Yim, Candice LeRae, Bianca Belair, the four-way. Awesome Great match. Great match. With the caliber workers in there, it's hard to not have a good match. Io Shirai may be the best female wrestler on the planet, pound for pound. Um 
and the rest of them, I'm not I'm not really high on Mia Yim, honestly. But Candice LeRae has a great uh, great character, is a great worker, is one of the toughest women around. If you've ever seen her, uh, have you seen her get super kicked in the face with a thumbtack boot by the super by the Young Bucks? Yes, Candice oh LeRae God. is tough as shit, and I think Bianca Belair is quite possibly the future of that women's division. She's still a little rough, dude. But she's, she's she's one of the shining yeah, stars is. from that May Young Classic. She definitely is. And they had a hell of a match. There's no slow in it, and a lot of spots. It's a lot of chaos. It's what you would expect out of a four way, but they compressed it down. It's a good match because they kept it moving very quickly. It's very tight. They managed to make it. I think they got out in I want to say ten minutes, maybe. And for a, I was going to say fifteen, but it's probably ten. Between yeah. ten to fifteen, but that it keeps up the pace in a four way and makes it just awesome. So a hell of a match. Great finish. Uh, good angle spun out of it, so definitely a good match to check out. Um, Candice LeRae is now the number one contender yep. to Shayna Baszler's title, which is as the as the end result. I'll buy it. I, I would honestly like to see her I, take it off of Baszler so she can keep her feud with Io Shirai going. Yes, now that Io is a is a heel, it's better, and that would make her. And yep. then you can send Shayna up to the big league. Which I don't know if they'll do that now with NXT I, moving. To, I think they're going to keep a lot of them on in house for for the foreseeable future because they're gonna, they're going to need name recognized recognition is the word I'm looking recognition. for. Recognition, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. Um, so number four is my other match from Bloodsport is actually the main event is uh, Josh Barnett and Chris Dickinson. Um, Barnett, if you don't know much, if you may have followed him with your MMA. Um, I know Josh Barnett. Yeah. He is the guy's got to be pushing sixty or fifty-five at this point, and is still just built like a brick shit house. Uh, Dickinson uh, is a little lesser-known guy. Does a lot of Beyond wrestling. Uh, did a lot of Evolve for a long time. Um, famously came out in the first Joey Janela clusterfuck match, uh, smoking a cigarette. Actually, that was uh, Spring Break Two, uh, smoking a cigarette in the middle of a rumble. Uh, but hell yeah, it's a great match if. It's the a very good microcosm of that Bloodsport event. Uh, great grappling. It's a it's an absolute grapple fuck match. Um, and if you like that match, you're gonna like the rest of Bloodsport. And I, I would say Barnett. It, it's like watching um, if you watch New Japan. It's like watching some of the older guys, like a Suzuki or like a um, Tenzan, still going strong. It's fun to watch them. Hell yeah. And uh, Fuck yeah. watching Old War Horse go at it is a blast. So I definitely recommend that one. Um, number three, a little bit of a surprise would be a, uh, from the a network segment of NXT last week. Uh, Pete Dunn and Arturo, I'm going to screw his name up, Arturo Ruas. It's R- I think you said it it's right. It's R-U-A-S, but he's pronounced it with an H. I know there's an MMA connotation to it. But uh, I am an unabashed Pete Dunn, Mark. He is arguably my favorite wrestler in WWE of any brand right now. And I think he is the future of WWE. So Bruiserweight. there's a very good chance that if Pete Dunne's got a match, I'm watching it. And who else has done a lot on Evolve lately? They've actually had him uh, go down to Evolve and do a lot of their uh, kind of interpromotional stuff of late. And he's really come into his own on Evolve and had a really good match with Dunn. Again, it's more of a, uh, a change of pace. Uh, Dunn is very adept at grappling and brings his own style to it. And Huas does more MMA and uh, Capoeira, actually. Um, oh, Capoeira. That's awesome. I haven't heard the, that in a the while. The dude's Brazilian. 
and has a background That's in awesome. it and actually does a good job of implementing into his into his style. And it's something that you don't see in WWE, and it brings eyes. So seeing him mash up with Dunn, they do a very good uh, contrast of styles and a very good match that it's going to fly under the radar, but it's definitely worth the, I think, five or six minutes that it was. Um, so definitely worth checking out. Um, at number two, I honestly never thought I would call this a, a top match, but Baron Corbin and Chad Gable. The, uh, the King of the Ring final. The the King of the Ring final? Yeah. I uh, I was a fan of Corbin in NXT. The, like, you know, 10, 15 second matches he would have were always fun to watch as squash matches. But yeah, he's got a great moveset. I'm not a huge fan of his character. But dude has gotten better in the ring as he's gone along, bit by bit. And he had just a hell of a match. Uh, instant chemistry with Gable. And... Gable's a guy that I think is uh, has flown under the radar for a long time. He would have been one of those guys to watch a year ago or six months ago. And the two of them... You know who Gable reminds me of? If you say Kurt Angle, you're right down the pipe. <laughs> well, right in the same vein, because actually not Kurt himself, but Kurt's right-hand man, Charlie Haas. Oh, okay. Yeah, I can definitely see that. There's a lot yeah. of chat, and I think that's why when they put Shelton with him, mm-hmm. there was that old school kind Definitely. of vibe Definitely. of that uh, team angle. Definitely. You know? I will say, um, shout out to Charlie Haas having one of the coolest looking submissions of all time. The House of Pain was unbelievably interesting. I don't know why nobody yeah. ever picked that up. But, uh, but yeah, his match with uh, his match with Corbin, um, you can always tell when a good match is on because you see the crowd picking up on it, and by the end of that match, the crowd was absolutely involved in it. And uh, lightning hot. I can't remember the last time I've seen a lightning hot Corbin match. So it's notable. Well, and I, th- and I think it's because the crowd, uh, WWE has almost put an expectation into your ear that Corbin's going to win. Yeah. If Corbin's in a match, yeah. somehow he'll sneak out, and they gave moments where. Do Gable look like he was the king of right. the ring? Like he had Definitely. it. And sometimes, and not always, but sometimes the first loser is really the first winner. And Corbin yeah. being the, the guy in this instance isn't really to make him over to give him the king rub as much as it is to fuel this storyline of like you have a, Chad Tyrion Lannister Gable a, yes, coming up against yes. all odds. You, you have know? a great, you have a, a fantastic underdog in Gable, and you have just the amazing shithead that Corbin can play <laughs> coming out with the uh, the black I gear mean, last weekend or last night is just yeah, perfect. man. He had the um, he had the John Snow look yeah. about him. Shout out to the Lone Wolf wearing John a wolf, wolf pelt. There you go. And there you go. Uh, actually, I don't know if you're. I'm not sure if you're active on Twitter at all. But uh, shout out to uh, WWE Creative Humor on Twitter is one of the best things you can follow. Um, I, d- I don't follow, but I'm oh, going to. They are. I I have them said where I actually get alerts from them on my phone because they are spot on almost every time. But uh, they <laughs> had something last night about yeah, it's really hard to look regal when you're wearing a black wife beater. <laughs> it's, they are oh dude spot spot on. Oh, that's great. Um, but yeah, uh, hell of a match, hell of a crowd for it. I think the result was great. Uh, uh, great uh, deep six out of Corbin. Fantastic uh, finish with the end of days, the tilt-a-whirl end of days. 
Yeah, it, that was awesome, insanely awesome well done. played. Uh, the only thing I had top in it was uh, almost a given. I couldn't really find anything that was going to be better almost going into the week was uh, Roderick Strong Velveteen Dream. Like I said, I'm a sucker for a good story and a match, and for as young as he is, Dream could sell a story. He'd sell a match in a heartbeat. The dude's charisma personified. D-R-E-A-M, Dream. Oh, yes. You know what I'm saying? They have him not going, him not getting called up to the main roster and then going to USA is the best thing that could have happened for him. Because he's still... 100%. He gets to have the main spotlight. He gets to have all the the pomp and circumstance that would come with being on the main roster without having to change his character a lick. And that is absolutely fantastic. So let me ask you this question. Yeah, because, you know, look at the Viking Raiders, the Viking <laughs> experience, the War Raiders, or whatever they're, you want to you know, fucking call they were, them. Uh, their match with uh, the OC last <laughs> night was on my list uh, for a while. Yeah, great match. Definitely a great match. Um, but, like... With Velveteen and everybody being able to kind of now place their stamp and not be affected right. by Vince's meddling, I guess is the way to say that. But I, I want to ask you this, because this was something I was hoping for months ago, and it didn't come to fruition months ago, but then here we are now. They've come, they've circled back to the concept, and we have a... All gold, undisputed air. They finally completed the prophecy, yeah. And you know, I got to I got to tip my hat a little bit to uh, whoever is the head writer on NXT, and I cannot remember who it is at the moment. But after the last at uh, Takeover Toronto, the storyline going in was that they were all in title matches. That was when they were everybody and their mother thought this is when we're going to have that storyline brought out, and they didn't do it. They uh, from the first match they had uh, uh, I believe it was a, undisputed yeah, lost, they the, lost titles. the titles the first night or first match the tag titles and yep. it, it put the rest of the show on notice it was a great move but everybody and then Velveteen yeah, retained yeah. and uh, Cole retained he was the right. one to walk out with the belt so after the show everybody's going well, why the hell do they build it up like this or where when are they going to pull the trigger on it then they announced oh yeah we're going to be on USA. So now we have the perfect angle to start off their show with USA because they closed the show with Undisputed Era having all the gold. You have a hot angle. NWO. NWO. Evolution. Oh, I got this. Evolution. Or evolu- also Evolution. Yeah, you write Four Horsemen, too, I guess you could say so, in some regards. Real quick, quick aside here. One of my, I mentioned sure. my, uh, my love of Pete Dunne. Mentioning Evolution, I wanted them so badly so so badly to do a new era evolution because you could have Triple H in the uh, Ric Flair spot and you could have Orton in the Triple H spot then you have two young guys and then just put two new guys you know who yeah. I would have done it with you need a bruiser Boom. and you need somebody young Samoa Joe or Kevin Owens one of the two and Pete Dunne Pete Dunne in the Randy Orton role I would have amazing I begging for that now could still happen could still happen granted we did get a uh, almost year and a half long run of pete dunn as a uk champion and having this banger match after banger match so i can't really say I'd, we've lost in that but a hell of a possibility there i really want them to revisit that at some point it may be they may wait some until mask. triple h can't go anymore but who knows 
when he's officially gray and his chest looks like like butter and string cheese. When he when he's suing the WWE over use of the man, then they'll use him in that role. You can't call her the cerebral assassin, <laughs> damn it. That's you me. You can't be the game, I'm the game. No. The game. I told you I was into Indie Comic Con when Flair was actually there signing autographs. Yeah. It was uh, that weekend, and it was also the same weekend that all that dropped. So, yeah, there was a few people shouting the man at him from the stage, which I just, my little heart just beat for it. I love it. Oh, that's crazy. Okay, so I'm going to pose a final question on this episode to you before we get down here and wrap it for the first episode of Season 4. Tonight, debuting, we have AEW officially uh, on primetime television in the TNT spot Wednesday night, Dynamite, and I just need to know from you, what is your expectation of AEW? Is there... A, a, a thing that they have to do to keep you hooked? Is there a thing they can do to easily lose your viewership? I mean, I think um, they've got enough. They've got enough money backing them that they're not going to go away if they don't take off right away. They're going to stick around. If, if the show does not take off right out of the gate, I think the Tony Khan is willing to back them enough that he's going to ride out that first bit, that first downturn. Now I don't know if TNT will. But I think he will. So I don't think the promotion is going away anytime soon, even if they don't go out like gangbusters. Not to say that I don't think they will, but I think they can survive if they have to. Um, I think they. I don't think they're going to challenge WWE's dominance, but I think they can be. They can absolutely be the WCW to them. They're not going to have the market. They're not going to have half the market the WCW did, but they can be what they've profess to be is the alternative. I think they can get to be the, um, not going to say less mainstream, but the more hardcore crowd. The IWC is going to follow them more regularly than they would WWE. So I think you have a built-in crowd that's a different crowd than what WWE is going for already. Um, I absolutely agree because there's an independent scene of professional wrestling that's huge and growing around everywhere. Everywhere has this fucking promotion now. So to give that ideology a voice is bigger than it just being one promotion. It's it's the whole concept of indie wrestling versus those three letters, WWE, you know? I think the one thing that I I want to see them avoid doing, and I'm not sure how serious it would be but something i've i've always been kind of leery of is the uh let's call it jeff jarrett syndrome when you have wrestlers with the book you always are afraid of them booking themselves into that spot you don't want jeff jarrett writing himself in as the however many time tna champion so when you have guys like cody you have kenny omega you have the bucks Writing them, writing their own storylines. There's always the fear that they're going to just book themselves into the title, and that's it. So I'm hoping that they, I'm, I'm pretty reasonably sure they're not going to go that route. They haven't uh, really. The only thing, the, only, the closest they have to anybody getting a title shot, I think Cody has a shot coming up at the next pay per view. Um, yeah, full gear him versus Jericho. Right. Uh, well, Jericho or whoever gets one first. 
because they've talked about uh, they've talked true. about somebody on the live show or the on Dynamite getting a shot now, so they have to make it to full gear. Um, Damn. Other than that, they have the Bucks in the tag team tournament, but I don't see them getting out of it. So no, I think uh, tag the tag team tournament. The the best friends have a chance in the tag mm-hmm. tournament. I think uh, SoCal Uncensored has a strong chance because they need to really right. be built up and their stock needs to grow a little bit. Uh, trying to think who else you, is the dark is the Dark Order in the tag title? They are. Tag they got, they got the first round by actually. Oh, that's right. And then uh, you have a, the Jurassic era. You got a Private Party, who I think are really yep. fun to watch. Um, totally agree. They had a hell of a match. The their opening match against uh, was it SCU? Yeah, I think it was SCU. No, uh, and Helico mm-hmm. uh, and Helico and Evans at uh, at uh, that's All right. Was a hell of a match. Um, yeah, SCU, Dark Order, Best Friends, Bucks, uh, Lucha Brothers, uh, Jurassic Express. I think that's it. I'm yeah. a huge fan of Luchasaurus, by the way. You know, he's a fun, he's a fun thing to watch. Um, because you know, he actually started with WWE. Yeah, was, actually, uh, I don't know if you watch this guy at all, but I'm a huge Chris Van Vliet yeah. guy. Uh, he does interviews with a lot of the different I, professional wrestlers and whatnot. I think he's actually working he had, with AEW now too. Yeah, 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 yeah he is. But um, he had Luchasaurus on there and talked about his journey, man, and it's actually really yeah. incredible. He's like a a very learned man. Mm-hmm. He has like a master's degree, and he's a teacher. He had he was a, crazy. He was a big part of the uh, Bill DeMont uh, being forced out of NXT. He was a big role in that. Uh, and then he actually yep. did a stint. Uh, the Luchasaurus gimmick actually originated in uh, Lucha Underground. He was a uh, that he talks yeah. about that too because they joked about it and told him that he should wear a weird dinosaur mask, and he was like, "Okay." And, but uh, I tell you what, even the one—it's only been I want to say probably two years since he was in Lucha Underground, and he has drastically improved since then. Like he's damn fun to watch now. Oh, and he's super athletic for his size, man. Oh, absolutely. I mean, he does backflips out of the ring and shit. You know, and the uh... real quick, there that is one of the things that in modern wrestling you see more of now than I think I've ever witnessed in any wrestling in the past is big guys that are super athletic. Like you have the Luchasaurus, yeah. you have guys like Jeff Cobb, who maybe not the tallest of guys, but broad. You've got. Bray Wyatt's athletic as hell. Owens is athletic as hell doing moonsaults. Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe. Uh, tonight on NXT, you have a rematch of arguably my favorite matchup in wrestling right now is Keith Lee and Donovan Dijako- or Dominic Dijakovic, the two guys that absolutely tore it up at Battle of Los Angeles a couple years back uh, and then had a hell of a match on NXT TV a couple weeks ago. As soon as they signed uh, Keith Lee, I've been waiting for that that feud, and uh, getting that on USA is huge. Um, and then you got guys like uh, uh, Killian Dane doing a oh my 350 pound doing doing a coast to coast. You have uh, again Lee and Dijakovic, a 350 pounder and a six foot eight dude doing a top rope Spanish fly. You are in an era where size has no meaning anymore. I think that is so You're cool. right. You're absolutely right. Uh, what do you think, before we get out of here fully, uh, quickly, 
What do you think about, uh, we're probably going to have the resolution for this. Well, we're definitely going to know the resolution of this by the time this airs. It's going to be a non-point for us. But um, as of this airing, like I said, tonight we have the first head-to-head NXT versus AEW. But a couple days ago now, as we've listened to this, the season premiere of Raw, we have a new number one contender. And I'm just curious, man, what do you think about them going back to the well and taking us back to 2006, dude? Rey Mysterio? Um, <laughs> well, it's not like they don't have anybody on Raw that's been taking out legends lately, have they? <laughs> he's fiend food, man. <laughs> oh, duh. I, I, duh, of course. He's not getting out of that I, match. I, I kind of... That match last night, uh, him getting the number one contendership, I was surprised because I didn't think they would go with the face. Uh, I figured it would have been... No, I didn't think they would go with... Uh, with... with um, Styles, because that would have been leading up into too much of a feud for Rollins. I thought they were actually going to give Wade yeah. Edward the win. To be honest with you, I was really surprised. Yeah, it, it made sense. Um, it definitely made sense that Bobby was was poised to win that match, and I was thinking that too. I was like, "Wow, they're going to put Bobby Roode over," and that's cool because then there's this like well, the whole like he had said, "I pinned Rollins little, and won the title." Got a little bit of a storyline there in that he's pinned Rollins. Really, you've got a you've got a heel character that can be a pin. On live TV, that's yep. that's a, you have a, a heel that has a little bit of credibility that you built up that you don't mind burning that credibility on a live match real fast. So putting Ray over, that's going to pop the SmackDown or the Raw crowd great next week. It'll be a dream match. They give it a, a lot of time. It should be a great match. But no, he's fiend food. <laughs> yeah. By the end of the night. Uh, and and actually, I love that we're going to close on that because it is probably the most topical thing. Bray Wyatt's lightning hot right now, oh, man. God. This new character, the too. fiend. They know it. And they're not being they're not afraid to to his insanity and the distortion of character that he blurs the lines. They're pushing it even on Raw this week. The intro mm-hmm. was fucked up. Like right. Bray had his hands in it. In, I, in the like last Raw that we watched, which of course it's, this is now two weeks ago, but like they ended the show with his Funhouse song forever, just repeating yeah. over and over yeah. and over. And it was like unsettling. I, I don't want to get into talking about The Fiend too much because I could go for a long time. I'm a, I've been a Bray Wyatt fan since his early FCW stuff when they had him with freaking Eli Cottonwood doing, a, doing his best Waylon Mercy. Dude, his early promos are unbelievable, but Husky Harris. Oh God! Well, uh, dude, uh, I have you seen the teacher lady promo? No. I will send it to you soon. The raw air. I if I will, it is one of the best promos I've ever seen. I will send you that as Sweet. soon as raw air. Um, well, but uh, what he's done with the fiend is for I again. I don't want to get into too much because I will go on it, but the depth of detail that they've gone to with that character that he's written into it is unbelievable like yeah I, I couldn't agree with you more I will say that I do agree we should save the deeper Bray Wyatt conversation for episode 2 
Before we get out of here, folks, as always, you can check out Journey Into Wrestling right here on the Journey Into Comics Network at journeyintocomics.com. Get us on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher Radio, Google Play Music, CastBox, TuneIn, and many others. Just search Journey Into Comics Network. Get all of our different shows on one feed. Also, if you can, go to patreon.com backslash journeyintocomics. Give us a dollar. Early access, exclusive content. We'll shout you out. On any of the shows we have, that's pretty cool. There's other tiers you can get cool shit for. Anyways, I want to thank Alex Buckles. We're going to officially call him Buckles for the most part on this show. It's what he goes by in the real world. So I want to thank Buckles for joining me officially, my new co-host for Journey Into Wrestling. Did you have anything else to add before we get out of here, my dude? I'm happy to be here, man. I'm just Awesome. I'll be the face that's just happy to be here. Does that make me the heel that's just happy to be here? Yeah. Yeah, you can, you can have happy heels. You can have happy heels. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Fair enough. I guess I would be sad to be here. That doesn't really work. Yeah. We wouldn't have a good podcast if I was sad. Oh, I guess I'm here today. <laughs> Pissed off. Anyways, all right, folks. Well, think that'll do it for this week's season premiere of Journey into Wrestling, Season 4, Episode 1, The Paradigm Shift. I have been Nate. Buckles right here. And we will see you guys later. Take care.